Good morning, traders and investors. It's Monday, but it's a little different Monday. It's me and Christian Fromherd's going to be running the show today. You guys, I think you know where Dennis is at. Mitch is taking the day off. We got a lot to cover. There's a lot of news over the weekend. So let's get things started. Let's go right now. Monday, pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome team. Uh, it's a little different setup here this morning. We're going to show my screens. And what they're going to show is the S&P 500 index futures trading down 14 and a half handles, 45.86 and a quarter. I guess the only thing we're worried about is that closing price from Friday, 46.00.75. Uh, the buck barely moving. The dollar futures, they're up uh, 11 cents at 103.31. Bonds in the red by almost a half a point, 117 and 24, 30 seconds. Crude, what happened? Wasn't there a cut? Crude, down 84 cents to 73.23. Well, gold's down a buck 50, but it was up 80 bucks. Holy mackerel, what a reversal in gold. Down a buck 80, 20, 87, 90. Silver got into the 26 handle. Mm, now in the 25 handle, down 30 cents at 25.56. And Bitcoin futures, they're not giving anything back. They're up 8%. That's $3,150 at $42,375. So making his first appearance as a co-host of Pre-Market Prep is none other than the CEO and founder of Tribeca Trade Group, Christian Fromhertz. May we have a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Joel. How are you? I, I like how you're sporting your Wolverines uh, shirt today, too. Congratulations. I just wanted to say that first. You got a tough first match, but uh, congratulations to you and your team. Okay. We don't, we, we try not to digress at the beginning of the show, but I can see you're already. I like the matchup. Yeah. I like the matchup because their strength is they're running, got a, got a great quarterback that's very mobile. And our strength is our defense, our defensive line, our defensive backs. I embrace the the, the rivalry. I embrace nice. it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Embracing the challenge. Okay. Put Very me good. out there. I'll hit somebody. <laughs> they won't get around me if I was out there. Playing I the like it. Yes. Uh, oh, but anyways, yes. catch me up on the markets. I was out the last couple days. And before you catch us up on the markets, I... I did did have our annual meeting uh, with premarketprep.com. Dennis and I had a uh, our annual meeting on Saturday night. Uh, I was down south, and so was he. He drove four hours over to my place, and we had one heck of a time. Michigan basketball game wasn't so good, but the football game was good. And uh, we laid out our plan for 2024, and I think our listening audience is going to be very excited about what we have planning for 2024 but with that aside what did you what the hell happened on friday another move closing on the highs for the week yeah you know and that's a good time for you guys to kind of catch up and and formulate a plan because friday there was just a, a huge amount of rotation and you know there's probably about like four or five different themes that i can kind of you know talk about um, that I thought were kind of interesting. But first of all, it seems like, you know, all the attention that the Magnificent Seven names have been getting have been getting this year, those names really kind of uh, saw a bit of rotation, you know, out of. And if you look to see what's going on this morning with S&P futures and, and NASDAQ futures, they're kind of doing a little bit of the same thing where you've got the small caps, which are outperforming. So, like that was one of the themes that I, I think that you can kind of, you know, take away from uh, Friday's action was that there was a more, uh, more of a rotation 
into those small caps, which were up. Let's see how much were the small caps up on Friday. Small caps were up 2.9%. So what was kind of interesting is both the small caps last week and the Dow stocks actually outperformed. The Qs last week were just up a tenth of a percentage point for the week. And all of that outperformance in the in the small caps uh, for last week just basically happened on Friday. So that was one of the themes. And, okay, before you yeah. move on from that, yeah, before yeah. you move on to that, I just want to echo that sentiment. And it's continuing this morning, as you said. And uh, and you do have some news. You know, you always like to see what the news is. And the news, uh, you know, besides the spoos being down, uh, Google postpones launch of groundbreaking next-gen AI model Gemini to two, 2024. You don't want to say that. And then Meta. AI chief definitely thinks we're overestimating the potential of AI and quantum computing. So two of the leaders in AI are coming out here this morning and they're poo-pooing AI. So that has uh, Microsoft in the red by 258. And then just to put a bow on this, I mean, look at the price action in NVIDIA here. Yeah. earnings. This is not a move that you want to see when a company comes out, gives you the ultimate earnings report, good guidance. I mean, the China thing was in there. Before I left last week, I emphasized the importance of 476. Well, you're 13, 14 dollars away from that now. So I think you have to say in Nvidia, the path of least resistance here post earnings is lower. And that's fitting in with the strength in the uh, in the uh, uh, you know the magnificent seven. Yeah, and it's funny because we talked about that name on uh, towards the end of the day. I think on on Tuesday we were talking about Nvidia, and you know my thought was, hey, let's see if it kind of rests a little bit and people forget about it. You know, rather than it being talked about, you know, several times a day, we kind of just have been bombarded by you know that name and you know what it's been doing and so forth. So. I don't mind when these names kind of the attention shifts a little bit mm -hmm. uh, and so that it's not in the, you know, front and center in terms of the headlines. But so your level was what was for was for 76. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there well, were yep. My yep. level's 471. So, okay. you know, and basically what I tend to do is I just put an alert out there. Right. And just basically say, okay. I'll be more interested once it gets there. So I call those alerts like just set it and forget it, right? And and I don't need to do anything in NVIDIA until I get that alert um, right around 471 that if it's starting to kind of, if the momentum's starting to come back in, great. I got my alert go off and I'll, I'll probably uh, be adding a position there. But if not, um, I don't need to have it like, you know, front and center on my screen for now. And that's always, uh, I always appreciate that you're always consistent with that, right? Where, uh, you know, I mean, it's still way above the 200 moving day. I mean, right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. So um, you'd be less inclined to take a position, say, oh, I'm going to lean on that 200 moving day because it's way, you know, way far down there. If you want, do you want to, do you want to share your screen on this one? I can stop Good my job. sharing and yeah, you can do uh, uh, an illustration. A, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's do uh, present. Uh, share screen, uh, share screen, and then I want to do window. All right, how's that? There uh, we go. Right. Survey says. <laughs> uh, looks it looks looks like it's working. Yeah. So yes. So yep. this is this is just a one hour chart. Uh, sometimes I use the one hour chart, uh, you know, for short term stuff, just to kind of look to see if the trend, what the trend is doing. Uh, so yeah, for like four sixty nine is a level that I'm watching, um, and you could see four seventy one, which is what's called the bottom of the December new December value area. So I think that that's. Um, that would be the level that I'm watching. And as you mentioned, like, yeah, the 200 day moving average is all the way down here. All I'm basically saying is like, it's, it's in like consolidation station for now. And it's also interesting too. I think if you, you know, if you look back for the last quarter, it hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> so as much as of attention that, that these names get about, you know, the magnificent seven and, you know, people on the, you know, in the media are like, Oh, it's only these stocks. Well, which is kind of, 
um, BS because it's a, that's just in a market cap weighted index. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are going, but Nvidia, yeah, hasn't gone anywhere for a quarter. So if you've been sitting in this one for the last quarter, you're really not that happy, I would say. So okay, it's a streaky stock, right? And yeah. it it was down uh, four days after earnings had one update. Then it was down four day another four days. So it was down eight and nine. It had a little bit of a rally yesterday. I could tell you one thing, following the stock over the course of times, it's a streaky stock. And once it gets rolling in one direction, it, it will keep going for three, four, five, six days. So yeah. just one. It has momentum, you, you know, usually right at, at this moment, it doesn't have the momentum. Okay. The, the second theme that you wanted to talk about uh, from Friday was the memesters. Some of the meme stocks, some of yeah, the, yeah. which is not always a great sign in the market when, you know, these stocks are the tension. A lot of people learn that the wrong, the hard way back in 2021 and 2022. But nevertheless, when these stocks start moving and I guess, uh, what's the top meme, meme stock right now? Carvana. Is that the one that you wanted to focus on? Yeah, I mean, so the, when you look at short interest, uh, I think the short interest, which it surprises me that you still have this going on, but I think the short interest for Carvana is, let's see, what, you want to make a guess at what the what you think the short interest is for Carvana? Forty-eight uh, percent. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's more aggressive than I would have. It's thirty-two percent. Okay. Still, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, thirty-two percent yep. of the float. So. Um, there was a ratings change this morning and, you know, it's funny because the rating changes, like it's not, somebody didn't put on like a strong buy in the name. Um, I think it's JP Morgan, uh, right. Just put on. They yeah. Put, I, you mentioned the rating and they are moving the side. I can't believe JP to neutral. neutral. Oh, that's a real ringing endorsement. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens, right? You think, Oh, you know, they had an underweight and they're just moving it to neutral. Not a big deal. But you look at what the stock is doing this morning, and I forget the name. If anybody has it um, from last week, there was another name last week, too. Oh, I remember what it is. That uh, Another broker did the same thing. They upgraded the name from from like an underweight or a sell to a neutral, and the stock still – the stock rallied. What was that one? What was that one? Does anybody, Let's see if any, anybody in the chat knows Oh, I bet one? you our chat knows it. I bet you. I bet you someone will get it here within – I'm a market timer. Uh, let's see if I, if I see it, uh, I don't see it. So it was one of the stocks that, that had a, a colossal week last week. Okay. Um, which, which all right, we'll firm. let the chat figure it out. Let's, uh, let's go yeah, back. It, oh, it was a firm. yeah. So I a know firm, a firm, yeah. a firm, yeah. so a firm, same thing. A firm had this big momentum last week and, and they were upgraded from, you know, to, to a neutral. And you were, I was wondering, I was like, how's the stock going to handle that? Is that going to be positive news? Cause that's not an upgrade to buy. Um, or an overweight, but the stock just continued to rally on that. So that news, you know, you, so you can kind of like if, when you when you look at those types of ratings and you see, you know, it's upgraded to neutral, right? The price action will tell you if, and I think with the short interest like that, um, it's a positive, even though you kind of think, oh, geez, they're up, they're just upgrading it to a neutral. Um, I think it's going to catch some momentum for the day. All right, let's uh let's go back to my charts here and look sure. at Carvana trading up two dollars and two cents. You see the forty dollar price target. Uh I would have said, hey, you know, clearing uh clearing thirty six and a half, thirty seven uh during the regular session, I would have used that as a target, but now you're clearing it. Things are pretty wide open here. The trading right near the pre-market high, uh, room up to 40. Actually, uh, JP Morgan's doing pretty good on the charts. Actually, the next daily high comes in at 39.98. The way I would approach this thing is that, well, yeah, it's up two bucks. It had a nice day on Friday. You know, if they goose it off the open, you know, let them go with it. If you're buying this off the open, I think you want to get, uh, you know, immediate uh, gratification on that and see it run. But it would be one of those trades where I'd focus on that opening price because if it opened up, let's say it went to 38, 72, and I'm just throwing out random numbers here, uh, boom, then, it, you know, it could come back down. So keeping a close eye on the open for Carvana, Affirm did have a nice move, ARFM. Let's take a look at that real quick. Technically, 
Are you uh, sharing, by the way, Joel? Um, I tried to. I, I thought I did. <laughs> try, there, try I there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're working over here. The... I had to unshare. Uh, actually, I think Aaron has controls to do that. But anyways, we're, we're working out the kinks here on uh, uh, the new setup here. 4097. Woo! That's your next monthly high in a firm. You know, I, I wonder why I do own a payment stock and I, I'm down money on it and it ain't coming back. And that's uh, Mar Marquetta. I think I should uh, get rid of you. Yeah, Marquetta. Oh, it's uh, it's, I'm waiting on this thing. I don't know. I think I own this in the 20s. But what other uh, what other stocks you think fed, you know, fell into that category on Friday? We did the Kavana Affirm. What else with as far as uh, the memesters? I didn't take a look. Did GME have any kind of that? Uh, GME. Well, if you uh, look at the the one like uh, what I've been watching is is the is the Arc ETF. Even though it's not like okay. it, it doesn't classify as your uh, as your meme stocks, but these are stocks and th that will really catch momentum. I call them. I have my own name for the for the Arc ETF. It's growth at any cost, and they there was a couple names in there that really kind of caught fire um one okay. of which was which reported earnings which was path i believe was it path or was it um uh what was the name that that was a big move in path last week so yeah, down that... 61 down 61 cents today you know when you look at kathy here i mean you look at the arkk well it looks like a nice move really on the uh on the dailies the top right chart but Man, you're still kind of licking your wounds here, right? It hasn't yeah. even hit a high for the year yet. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'd like to see this thing at 49.63. You are in the 49 handle. Uh, that was your August high of uh, 49.83. Well, let's uh, shift gears here a little bit. And before we get to our merger, we always love when stocks are included in the S&P 500. And holy smokes, let's talk about the first three inclusions. Uh, Uber, which spiked to $62, now back under 60 Christian, do you have any kind of appetite for these? Uh, um, I mean, people think that they're going in and you got to buy the stock right now and you get that kind of reaction. Right now, the reaction in Uber looks like an overreaction to me. Any, any comments on Uber? I mean, Uber's been on such a nice run, and it, and it was rumored for a while that they were going to be the um, the addition to the S and P. Uh, you know, and I did hear on Friday Friday afternoon that there might be an announcement after the close. But this one was pretty pretty widely expected, and um, I think it, I think part of that run up. I mean, it, you know, Uber's one has been one of these stocks that have just been um, on a on a huge move over the last month. So I think some of that move was anticipating that that was going to happen. It seemed like part of that was priced in. Um, and I think you got a nice little follow through move. You do have some other news on Uber this morning too, which I saw that I, I thought was interesting. Um, something to the effect of that um, New York food delivery workers win big against Uber, DoorDash and Grubhub with um, $17.90. I don't know why $17.96. Why don't they just round up to 18? But um, there is an announcement about minimum hourly pay. So that could be why it's a little bit off those highs of hitting like 61, 62. But I think that initial bounce, um, what the initial announcement, um, and I'm probably echoing Dennis a little bit, um, that says that you can not necessarily fade the move, but I think once that move, uh, once the announcement is made, um, you get the most of your move on the announcement. Right. And uh, I would uh, refocus. Um, we're back. We haven't spent much time over 60 really in the stock say, early since 21. So I'm going to look at the pair of highs over 60 bucks. They're both in the 61 handle. That would be May or uh, March of 21, 6102. April of 21, 6150. You did exceed that. I was I would look that. I, I wouldn't hold out for the 62s, but I would see if I could get something in the 61 handle. And you're still a buck away from that. So a uh, little bit of a pop. And a lot of times, if they don't give it back that day, a lot of times they like hang out for a couple days and you know consolidate and then so we'll we'll keep an eye on Uber. What's uh, crazy is the the run that it's been on, right? I mean, it's it's been straight up for the last month, but we're it still hasn't taken out those highs, which you bring up a great point. 
Let's take a look at Lyft here as well. Jay mentioned they got a new CEO that had a big move last week. Continuation move here. I don't know. It's just a have and have nots in this one. But uh, so far, we'll see if Lyft uh, had a nice move. Let's see if it can hold those gains from last week. Um, also, um, getting added uh, to the S&P 500 Jabel circuit, uh, which has been on a nice run, too. That had a pop. Let me see if I do have the uh, 24-hour session here. Here you're a little bit closer to the pre-market high. Pre-market high, 121.74. Oh, this is interesting because you get uh, you must have got hit off earnings, and now you're trying to get the gap area. I think on this one, there's a little bit more oversupply. Yeah. Uh, but as long as it could stay above 120 and hold the gap. But uh, this is an interesting setup. What do you... What do you see in JPL? Yeah, this one was a little bit of a shock. And I actually, it's funny because I own these three, the three names, right? The the Uber, the uh, J-Bill and um, Builder's First Source, which we'll get to next. But yeah, J-Bill last week, they came out and unexpectedly brought down their guidance. So the, so you're absolutely right. There's some overhead supply here because the stock got knocked down from, from 130 um, printed all the way down to 106 and cool. um, and then they get some good news you know and but you could tell that it's not uh, the stock closed at right around 117 it's up a couple bucks I would watch that 120 level um, I think you're mm -hmm. absolutely right that now you're battling through that overhead supply but you know interesting the timing of the S&P announcement along with the fact that, um, you know, they came out and reduced their guidance last week. So that's kind of a weird, weird timing situation. And uh, also being added a, a stock that did have a, just a major run, Builder Source. That's mm -hmm. trading up three bucks. That had a nice run after a consolidation period. Uh, off the pre-market high of 144 and change, 144.06. So once again, you know, you're, you're within striking distance of the pre-market high. I only have one spike high in this area, and that came in at 143.97, and that's where you went to in the pre-market. So that that's a good number after you know if in fact you break above that and come back down below it. I'd be a little bit wary on that one. But those are the three that are going in. Yeah, and how the, the three that are going out here, and I had that written down on my sheet. The three that are going out S double E. Uh, seal there and that's kind of flat here these uh, don't they're decent support in this one no one's really making a move yet here uh but last week's low is 32.39 also coming out alaska airlines we'll we'll skip that one because we're going to go to the merger in a second and that sedg baby you're going from the big cap to the mid cap what is that that's up a buck 56 but that thing's just been so beat up why don't you give us uh your technical take i mean i know we're so far behind below the 200 day maybe average we're never going to get there uh but any technicals on any is there any solar you like yeah yeah so that's so there's like so there's a couple things that i wanted to mention first with, with the with the builders, I, I thought that that was really interesting because it did not make a big move like Uber automatically. Like that was the one that, you know, everybody was like was waiting for. But I looked at this, you know, I, I was like, you know, closing down for the day on Friday and builders, it had no reaction. It, you know, it closed at 139.28. I actually bought some. I did a little bit of a dentistry. I bought some at, um, <laughs> at the close because it didn't make any move. And I was like, I'll buy some at 140. I was like, I like the chart. The, the home building group had a great day um, on Friday too. So that, so while there was like the meme stock move and the small cap moves, if you look at what the, the, um, the ITB chart look did uh, on Friday, Joel, it actually had a really nice move out of consolidation. Um, it has been basically the home builders had been sitting there since the, um, since the CPI move, which was back, I think on the 14th of November, Right. They had that big gap up. And then for two weeks, they basically went sideways. And it's just funny how you you can't time every single move in the market. You just kind of have to sit and say, OK, this thing is going sideways for two weeks. And all of a sudden it makes on Friday, you know, just a, another huge move. So uh, Builders First Source belongs to this group. And um, I, I really like the move that the home builders made. 
and things like Pulte Homes, uh, PHM. So, you know, before we get to the deletions and uh, solar, I just wanted to point out the, um, okay. the strength in the builders, which I thought was very impressive on Friday. So that news came out before the clo- before the close? The, the, the inclusions or the... Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. it, it came out after the close, but there just wasn't much of a reaction. In, well, in- you know why? You know why? why you got any stock at all? Why? Because Dennis wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't. I beat him. You know, so because he would have said the exact same thing. Like, yeah, you know, like why? Why is it this? But then sometimes then he'd go, "Well, I didn't. It wasn't moving, so I thought maybe there was a big seller out there." And, and then, yeah. of course, it moves. But yeah, a lot of times that that four. I mean, I know not many of us are working from four to eight p.m. on a Friday night. Uh, but, uh, you know, exactly. that's what, and, yeah, and that's his edge. And, and that's the way I kind of think about it. Like if I'm going to buy something and, you know, on, you know, obviously that's a, that's a headline, but I have to kind of like, like if I like the group too, and I, and I feel like the group has more to go, then I'll get involved too. I don't mind buying things because I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit different trader than I know. Like Dennis is going to, he'll probably short something on the other side of it. Um, uh, but I'll, you know, tend to go long on something like that where i think it's like hey i, I like this group um i think it's it could continue to move after the um the announcement of the s p inclusion so i thought it was a good trade and uh, i got a little bit long at, at 140 that uh that name good so for you, want, you man so you want to talk about the solars huh yeah let's talk about these okay. solar stocks yeah, so holy it, mackerel so it's kind of interesting because normally the names that get deleted like they don't seem to you can correct me if i'm wrong with this uh with this reflection here, but it doesn't seem like they go down as much as, as the, much, right. They're kind of just like, ah, they kind of go down a little bit, but yeah, the solars, you know, we go back to possibly if we're going to see some more short squeezes, you talk about like one of the worst performing groups and it's definitely, um, you know, it's that solar group. And we started to see some names kind of get a little bit of a squeeze last week, like a sun run. I saw some call activity. That's ticker symbol RUN really got going last week. Um, another one that saw some option activity, you know, like the momentum type of call, ba- uh, call buying was Sonova, which is Nova. Um, that name started to kind of catch a little bit. So we're starting to get into this, you know, feels like a little bit of a front run of the uh, of the January effect, right? Where they start to kind of buy some of the uh, mm-hmm. the really unloved names. Um, I'm kind of looking at First Solar. Now, I know that's not as big of a momentum, uh, you know, squeeze type play. I don't think the short interest is as, is as large in First Solar as it is in some of the other really beaten up names. But I tend to kind of look and say, uh, you know, let's see what the short interest. Eh, it's it's about 5% for, 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 for solar versus like a SEDG, which has really been beaten up. Uh, let's, see what the, let's see what the short interest is there. Yeah, the short interest there is 16%. So it's one of those things that I tend to look at when you when you start to talk about January effect and, you know, possibly a rotation into some of the beaten up names when you've mm-hmm. got, when you, what, what's your, what's your thought? You know, these are, these are, I'm looking at these and I don't know. First solar seemed to be the one that held up, you know, uh, a lot better than the others. I mean, you got to think about the tax selling. Now, a lot of the institutions and a lot of people, you could talk to different people on the street. A lot of people do their tax selling in October and and get an earlier start of that. And that would definitely reflect the move that you had in the solars. So uh, if you're in, we've been talking about this pretty, you know, pretty consistently, you know, if you're looking for that that, you know, that January effect of buying the laggards. And that was also kind of a theme during earnest season. I mean, you did have the big guns that had the big earnings that went up big, but it was like some of these punky stocks that had, uh, okay, earnings that, that really went. So I just think there's a point where, you know, it's just seller exhaustion. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean like we think the solars are the absolute best buy in the world, but, for a short, I mean, you have a lot of intermediate term traders and uh, also a good point made in the chat by Jay, you know, the bonds, you know, the, you yes. know, the rates backing off. A lot of those things are, 
are heavily, heavily, you know, financed. So, right. you know, if rates are coming down a little bit, that's good for the housing market. There's uh now we're not going to, we don't have time to get in the whole rate cut in March, uh, uh, you know, uh, talk, but I, you know, I, it just, you know, lower rates for these bigger ticket items like, you know, deer in yeah, cat. I mean, absolutely. people are going to be finance, going to be financing these things. So we did. Um, okay. Let, let's, a merger here and uh let's go to the merger monday and uh hawaiian air i mean no one saw this coming look at that chart man that thing was sleepy i think that you know with the wildfires i don't know what the status of, of people going to hawaii is now but i mean no one absolutely no one had saw this coming what a move in hawaiian airlines yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's crazy because you go back uh, and this was what, like a $27, $28 stock. I didn't realize that the stock was under five bucks. So that's kind of what you should, you know, in my opinion, that's kind of what you should be doing, I guess, if you're looking for an acquisition is, hey, the stock's all, you know. <laughs> all the way down to five, five bucks. Like, I guess why not? Right. I mean, if it's, if you like the company and you're doing your um, fundamental analysis about what the company's worth and so forth, you know, you, you could be getting a nice deal here after, you know, maybe there's some, some uh, negative sentiment on Hawaii, you know, after, after that situation that, you know, Hey, you're getting, you're getting the stock at, at five bucks or, well, I mm -hmm. guess it's not the deal price, but that's where it was trading. So, I guess that, you know, that kind of makes sense. I mean, you know, airlines are always a tough trade to me, but hey, um, you know, with the stock around five bucks, I get it. Yeah, I was looking at this one. I'm trying to, to find uh, the uh, the details behind it um, as far as, uh, well, Deutsche Bank upgraded it. Thank you, Deutsche Bank. Uh, but um, Hawaiian Holdings uh, uh, trading, uh, trading up. So, um, yeah, let's uh, uh, let's analyze the ALK. ALK. Uh, so what, I'm, I'm looking for the um, economics on this deal, uh, but I don't see it right. right I know. Front. I know. I was looking for that, too. Yeah. For some reason, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to just see what the deal is. Anybody have the deal price in here? Let's see. H. Uh, yeah. For some reason, it's not. Huh. Uh, it's not up yeah, here. like let, the, me, let me see. Like, let me see one second. I can I can maybe find it here. Yeah, I don't yeah. have it. I don't have. A, I'll, so I'll have to track it down. But yeah, I mean, Alaska Airlines too is another one where this has not been a. Uh, <laughs> this has been a. Uh, the stock price has been going from the um, from the left down to the lower right. Uh, mm -hmm. Stock was around seventy bucks, and I remember for a while both Hawaiian and. Uh, Alaska were like holding up pretty well a couple of years back in terms of the airlines. But yeah, this is another one where I guess it kind of makes sense for them to do something differently because the stock is, you know, hit in the summertime, 56 bucks and it's all the way down to 39. Um, is they're hitting it. They're hit. I mean, they're hitting the acquire on this one. I would they like, are, yeah. yeah, I like to, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see this thing stabilize a little bit. I mean, when you think about it, have, have you been to Hawaii? You've been to Hawaii before, right? I have been to Hawaii. Yeah, it's been an yeah. hour to go back because uh, it's uh, been a number of years. But it's yeah. just such a long trip. But if you, but if you think about it, like geographically, like I, you know, I the I we had to go through like Seattle, right, and a lot of connecting flights. They do have uh, direct flights to Detroit now. But, you know, if you think about it in, you know, they're like, they're not going to get like Alaska Air and Hawaiian Air. They're not going to cut in, uh, you know, a lot of the U.S. markets, right? The Midwest or, or the East. Maybe they can cut into the, uh, you know, cut into the West. But, you know, if you think about it, there's probably, you know, a lot of synergies here, uh, cost savings and whatnot. Uh, let's just take a look at uh, the airline stocks. Did catch a, did catch a, go ahead. And it's 18 bucks. So that's a pretty big premium. So it kind of makes sense that, that, um, that Alaska Airlines is trading down because 18 bucks from wow. from five bucks where Hawaii that's a pretty serious premium. And there's a pretty serious discount here, if you think. Well, I mean, I know that is it cash or cash in stock? Because that is, I mean, if it's based on the 18, we'll have to see what the ARBs have to do. But that, uh, Probably corresponding to the AL, it must be some stock for it to be getting hit that much. But uh, let's just take a look. A couple of the other uh, airlines here. Delta's had a nice move. Uh, that's up twenty six cents off it. Kind of looks like a head and shoulders bottom. 
I saw, uh, you know, if there's going to be some acquisitions here, uh, save getting off the mat here. That stock has had a nice move. The one that just can't seem to get out of his own way. Uh, will this finally kickstart Southwest Airlines? This stock is bad. It's had its problems since all those cancellations. Watch out on your bids here, folks. I don't know if we just had uh, an 830. I don't think we had an 830 number here. Uh, but we're really starting to lose some steam. Uh, we are now making uh, new lows on the pre-market session here at 45.79.50. Just had a quick drop here. Uh, we will see. Also, yeah, we don't uh, have anything till 10 o'clock in terms nothing. of uh, economics today. At 10, we got factory orders, durable goods, uh, a couple of those data points. But I don't see anything as uh, especially at, at 8.30 today. So it's good. And, and no Fed speakers this week. You know, what are you going to do, Joel? There's no no Fed speakers. They're in a quiet period until the Fed meeting. So you must be really disappointed about that. Oh, did, I, did we lose Joel? Oh, we may have lost Joel. Look at that. Yeah, there's no, by the way, so there's no, there are, there are no Fed speakers uh, this week. Um, and so that should also kind of give a little bit of relief. We do have a, we do have a jobs report on Friday, but we don't have any, uh, uh, fed speakers this week. Uh, let's see. Did, uh, let's see if we can get these guys back on for a minute. I don't, I don't know where Joel went. Sure, oh, here I, he comes. There he is. Yeah. I, I hit, I hit the, I hit the wrong, I hit the wrong refresh button. Sorry about <laughs> so that. Was, I was just talking about, um, I was just talking about how this week we don't have any fed speakers, right? And you, you immediately exited. So I was wondering. If it was okay. Uh, but we do have the jobs number, but what we yes. do have this week and what we do have right now is Tim Quast. He's the founder of market. IR Market Structure Edge joining us here this morning. Aaron, roll the intro. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Good, greetings and a pleasant good morning. Mon good Monday morning to you. Let so me let me make you an introduction. This is uh this is uh, uh Christian Fromhertz. He's the founder and CEO of uh, Tribeca Trade Group. And he is sitting in for me. Uh, Dennis is at Disney World, if you That's must good. know. Yeah, not okay. not quite the Tim Quast That's sailing the European <laughs> Seas vacation. Uh, so that uh, he's here to join us. So uh, good morning to you. And uh, well, the first topic that you wanted to get on is what's the probability the market rises in the year end? Well, we had a decent start hmm. to December. We sure did. Yeah. And Christian, I know you. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've met you, but I certainly know your name. So it's good to good to meet you. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, same here. Well, welcome, Tim. Thank you very much. Uh, so so I am right. You know, because I'm in the data business, I'm I, I periodically obsess on things such as probabilities. And uh, so this is what got me thinking about this. It, it, you, got, you two probably know who Jeff Yass is. Um, he's so he's he's the co-founder of Susquehanna Susquehanna Interna International Group. So, you know, the one or two top top one or two three ranked uh, options market maker, and he's a and he's a big fan of probabilities. So so he he related this is an old story, but this is his version of it. So there you you, you I I don't know if you remember the show Let's Make a Deal. There's the Wayne Brady version. There's the Monty Hall version. If you're old, uh, like I am, and uh, so uh, on that show, suppose that you're presented with three doors, and I'm getting to, I'm going to answer your question, uh, Joel. Okay. The probabilities. You're presented with three doors. Behind one of them is a Porsche Cayenne, and behind the other two are cans of Spam. And so you you pick a door. Let's say you pick door number one. And uh, before we find out whether you pick correctly, the, the host says, well, you know, show us what's behind door number three. And it's a can of spam. So what is the probability that you have chosen correctly with door number one? And should you stick with door number one? What do you think? 33%. <laughs> Well, there you so so you're we you're you're almost right, Joel. Most people would say, well, it's 50-50. There are two doors left, and I'm gonna be right or wrong, but you are much closer. 
you started with a 30% chance, roughly one out of three odds of picking the correct door. And those odds have not changed. They're still one out of three, but the host is never going to show you the door with the cayenne, right? He's only going to show you a door with a can of spam. Therefore, your odds are 67% of choosing correctly if you shift from door one to door two. You should always switch to door number two. That's the <laughs> lesson. That's a lesson on probabilities from Jeff Yass. Now, what's that got to do with whether the market closes up or down? Well, I will, I will use math to illustrate the probability that the market rises or falls into your end. Here's so I'm going to get, share my screen. That's fantastic. Uh, bear with me. Bear with me here. It, it's not the machine that's slow. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so here's how I think about this. This for for and and Christian, we provide a, pl a platform called Market Structure Edge that is predicated on math and probabilities. It's market structure, uh, the mechanics of the market. And it looks at supply and demand. So this stuff that looks like some kind of seismic chart is a three-year look at the price of SPY, a proxy for the S&P 500. The green part of the graph that squiggles along between the red and green lines, that is demand, and it constantly changes. And then down below is supply, which is short volume. Not short interest, but the 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 daily trading volume coming from borrowed or manufactured stock. The market is heavily dependent on exemptions to trade through rules for market makers. And so here's where we are. This is, this is what the market has done in the last, call it three weeks. And demand has, is way over the red line. Well, statistically, we can then go look. And of course, past performance is no guarantee of future outcomes. But every time, that the market has been at an extended run above the red line, it declines. And the length of time determines the probability uh, of a decline. And so this is not by any stretch the longest. It was actually longer in July. It, this period was a longer stretch above the red line than it is now. Uh, but every time there is a long stretch back to 20, all, all the way back, but to, uh, you, you could go. You could take this data all the way back to when we first started looking at it in 2012, and it would be true. So the probability that the market continues to rise is one out of three. It is a there's a 30 percent probability based on the current math that we have a Santa Claus rally. I realize that everybody believes that we will, and we might. There is a one out of three chance that we do. But if you look at that math that the demand in the market has peaked and declines, and it may stay up here for a little bit longer. And supply, which has had a huge deficit, a key reason for why the market has risen, if the supply continues to rise and reverts to 50%, the market will be lower at December 31 than it is now. And there is a 67% probability of that. Now, again, that's just math. We'll see. Hmm. Interesting setup for the year-end rally. So that bottom line that, that you've got, you know, that kind of is a little bit of an explanation, I guess, of why we're seeing this type of a rally, too. You're saying that the supply is very low right now. Exactly. Comparatively so. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. It's really interesting to go look at what happened in 2021 and when it ended. Uh, in Right in here. So, so call it early November. You can see that supply was at 42, 42 and a half, 43 uh, percent. And and we and, and in very short order, it rose dramatically. We rose right to J January options expirations at January options expirations. It was 44 percent. And a month later, it was 48 percent. And that was the end of the pandemic fueled bull market. So is this we've had a mini version of that here. So we had a steep decline, very similar to the end of the pandemic bull market. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, what, what I would, because nobody really knows. To me, to get back to what happened in 2021, which was a staggering run, uh, we would have to see the supply in the market drop at least 10% from where it is now. 
Now, again, what are the odds that that occurs? Well, looking back, it's very low. The, the probability of a 10% pullback in supply after this deficit we've had is one out of 10. It's a 10, there's a 10% chance. Look, it could happen. Uh, but I look at this and say the market is very vulnerable to something happening that surprises it. And that it's because we are near the end of a short-term run. The market has very short-term cycles and there are reasons for it. Uh, monthly options expirations, the way that global macroeconomic models work. Most of the money in the market today is running on models. It's not stock pickers. Stock pickers on net are sellers, not buyers. They have more outflows than inflows. So even though CNBC spends all day talking about stock fundamentals, that isn't what drives the market. All you have to Great. do is look at the top 25 holders of any member of the S&P 500, and you will struggle to find a stock picker in them. It's all model driven. Okay, what motivates the models? Well, certainly interest rates do, economic uh, projections do, uh, asset allocation schemes. Are you going to be more or less exposed to equities or fixed income? That's driven in part by age. So all of those things factor in. And you could look at this market and say, well, everybody into S&P 500 rebalances, they just reconstituted. Uh, and those rebalances will occur at December options expirations, a quad which is going to be overweight equities, maybe bonds too. My portfolio, which is more skewed because of my age to, to the managed accounts, not the trading accounts, to bonds, the bonds have crushed it. Bonds have outperformed equities here lately. And are we overweight both? Yes. I've been talking to my advisor saying maybe we are overweight both elements. Are other people doing that? Well, yeah, I think so. Probably. So is it still possible, though? I mean, what circumstances? Sure. I mean, where's that supply going to come from? Is it the Fed cut? Is that it? Is it everyone knows that rates are going to be cut in March and we just got to pour money into the market? Because I kind of I kind of feel the same way. Maybe we had our our end of the year rally in November. Early. Right. Well, uh, the, mathematically, I don't know what factor might affect it. I can say mathematically what has to occur. And this, traders, is what you look for. Because, look, you, you have to you check the data. I'm gonna, I check the data every day on the supply and demand side. If supply continues to rise, the run's over. If it reverses course, that's what would have to happen. There's not a high probability of that, but it's not out of the question. Uh, and what causes that supp the supply to change? Well, you have to think about, again, the me mechanics of the market. You would suppose that for every buyer, there has to be a seller. Well, then how would, how would the market continue to rise if no one is selling equity positions? BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street alone own, call it, 35% of the market. <laughs> so if BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street aren't selling, how can the market continue to rise? Well, there's an answer to that. The answer is the derivative components, futures, index futures, options, stock, ETF, and index options, and ETFs themselves, which are very elastic. ETFs are created to absorb demand. There is almost never a reduction in the number of shares of ETFs outstanding. And ETFs are created at a rate of over $500 billion a month. So those things then increase the capacity of the market to absorb more money, but it's also sort of inflationary. Uh, so I, that if those things continue to happen, Joel, we will have a Santa Claus rally. All right, so statistically, I, I, and say it's difficult. You want to go to some individual stocks and talk about how you're going to decide to trade them long or shorts or anything popping up in the BZ portfolio as the S&Ps continue to leak here. Go ahead, yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so you know I always look if there is momentum in the market, there will be momentum components in the the momentum portfolio. Um, the momentum portfolio looks for steep supply-demand uh, divergences, and there are nine in it. That's not a lot, believe it or not. Uh, in the Benzinga, I just, you know, these are the ones that stand out to me that have been very effective, and, and, it's, and it's been true since the last time I was on, which was back before, uh, I think it was back in, in uh, mid-November. And so, so uh, you know, Square was in that portfolio at the time. Uh, uh, Natera was in it. 
look, I'm, this is, I'm not speaking to the quality of these businesses. I'm talking solely about the probability of producing returns. And interestingly, if you single out Square, which I have traded, you know, if there's momentum opportunity, I look for a, a reasonable gain. What is the probability of a 2% gain or more in one to five days? That's how I think about it from a short-term trading perspective. That, that differs from long-term investment. Well, in Square, looking back over the, the trailing year to date, believe it or not, when it is at 10 and supply falls, that has, this has happened nine times in Square in 2023. It has risen more than 2% every single time, 100% of the time. Natera is closer to 83%. Uh, Affirm, around 82%. Coin, 89% of the time. So those are very high probabilities of returns, all other things being equal. It depends heavily on broad market sentiment. Is money continuing to come in while the market's at 6.4? It's over the red line. But it means that probably I can make 2% in any of those in one to five days. And those are high probabilities. That's what it's all about. Okay. Tim Quas setting things up for us as he always does on Monday. Tim Quas, CEO Market Structure Edge, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Doing a great job as always, Tim. We'll, we'll dial you up again real soon. Looking forward to following your thesis through the end of the year. Have a have a good week, gentlemen. Christian, nice to see you, Joel. Yeah, same hosting. thing. Yeah, so that square, by the way, is kind of interesting. You know, so we've gone on here for for um, quite a bit, and we haven't even talked about the Bitcoin move. Do we want oh. to talk about? <laughs> so I, you know, again, there's a lot of you know over the last for, over the course of uh, you know Monday, uh, sorry Friday. And into and over the weekend, there's been a lot of moves to talk about. So it's not like we don't have a lot of things to talk about. But, you know, the move in Bitcoin, I think we need to address that mm -hmm. this is now up 8%. Um, and, you know, Square, I, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Stocks like Square, obviously Coinbase have had a nice move. Um, I would have liked to ask him, but I know he has to run, but I would have asked, liked to ask him about um Robinhood too, which is another oh, name yeah. that would benefit from the crypto move. So starting to kind of look at the, well, not starting, but you know, Coinbase has already made a nice move, um, and some of the other real popular names, Bitcoin miners. But you know, there are those second tier names like a Robinhood, like a Square that you can do some transacting. So those are a couple names that I'm I'm interested. What do you think about this move in, in Bitcoin? Uh, I mean, it's all I mean, it's all you know, just predicated a lot on that that spot TTETF getting a lot of it, you know, getting approved. Also, yeah. um, you know, we talk about uh, relations, uh, you know, to you know the banks and. You know, as an alternative to the banks, the banks have been holding up okay. So that thesis has not been working. Bitcoin likes to run a lot on uh, on the weekends, and so I mean, yeah, I the, you know the the rally the rally's there. It's based, you know, it's based on that ETF getting approved. Um, what I'm looking at here, and I, I've been following it for a long time. Um, it's been the open interest in the, the futures. Now, the Bitcoin futures, are uh, they're fully margined. Uh, with all the other uh, commodity products, you, to, you, know, you can put up a fraction of what the contract is. So for the Bitcoin futures, I mean, you're putting up a lot of money for these contracts. And there's been an enormous jump. And I, I just look at the open interest here uh, going back until October and open interest has just been staggering and been climbing here so i as long as that open interest uh for the this is now for the um what month contract this is the based on the front month rolling contract here i mean as long as the open interest you know stays strong up here actually i've never seen it as high as 18000 well it's 18044 but the highest open interest was on uh uh, November 28th at 18,231. So, and still you start to see some liquidation here, a big down day in it and the you know, open interest, then, you know, people are, are sticking with their positions. Now, I don't know what the whole status of the CTF thing is, but yeah, that's yeah, another, if, yeah, that's another yeah. angle that's going on right now. Can I share my screen? Can we go? Can I go uh, yep. stop sharing? Go. Boom, uh, you. Let's see. Let me let me do this. See if I can do this really quick again. 
Okay. Uh, window, and let's bring up this and share. Now I should be sharing. So Bitcoin, what I was kind of watching for the last couple of weeks was, um, you know, again, I'm kind of looking at this resistance level at 36,505. Um, that this is what we want to see. Like once we're kind of around that resistance level, you want to see like some type of pop. And I think that we've got that, um, you know, in this uh, in over over the weekend, we've got this really strong move. So yeah, I mean. I, this hut, I, I'm not sure what's going on with this, but I see that this was a $2 stock and is now true. So the squeeze is on in this one because this stock's up to 12 bucks this morning. So yeah, you could begin to kind of go through some of these names. Um, CL, CLSK, which is I've heard a lot more about recently. It's another one that's still trading under 10 bucks, right? But has momentum. Um, so I'm looking at nine bucks, maybe 11 bucks if the momentum continues. I wanted to go over Hood and just my, okay, my little yep. thought with Hood is that really when you when you look at the weekly chart of Robinhood, right? You're looking at this. I like when a name does this after a big decline where it just goes sideways, where everybody kind of forgets about it. And it's almost like it doesn't, you know, I was kind of looking at this trade for, for next year. But perhaps you don't have to wait till next year because I think the resistance is all the way up at 1255, hmm. right? And and that would be a nice you know, move. The stock's trading up about 30, 40 cents. But if this thing could kind of get going, um, let's see what the short interest is really quick in this thing. Um, again, I like to look at the short interest because that can really provide like the um, – like the, the kindling, um, you know, to kind of get these names going. Surprisingly, it's only about 5%. So maybe that's why it's not up that much. But the, the bigger, the high, the larger the short interest, the, the more magnitude of a move when these shorts have to cover. But um, yeah, I think a move up to 10 bucks is not bad. Um, let's see, any other uh, tickers that you guys want? To uh, I mean, you, you know, the usual suspects, Mara's trading up a buck 93 at uh, a reverse split. On, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, the, in the hut. Yeah, there's a reverse uh, split on hut. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, with these Bitcoin stocks, a lot of time, I mean, obviously, some of them have you know performed well, but uh, you're getting a big move in Mara trading near the, the pre market high. What's it up near 15 and a half? I see. I see some highs in the lower fifteen dollar handle, and then closer up to uh, up to sixteen. So, all right, I just want to do. Uh, we only have time here for one rating here, and uh, Lou Lou Lemon uh, catches a downgrade here uh, at Walls Fargo. Uh, are you active? Do you do you trade upgrades and downgrades much, or? Only uh, like only for something like I think the the Carvana uh, upgrade is more interesting because of the short interest. Something like the Lulu, where they're they're just down. It sounds like I read the note this morning. They're just downgrading it because of valuation. They think it's gone up. Um, so they're basically. I think they downgraded Lulu mm -hmm. and they upgraded Nike. Um, base uh, part of their thesis that I read this morning was just that the valuation is too high in Lulu. I I get it. Um, but often those types of upgrades, downgrades aren't my favorite because they're basically just saying, oh, wow, the stock's gone up a lot. We're going to downgrade it. This is saying is nowhere near yesterday's low. Or is that a month? Wait, let me get my daily here. Yeah, that's correct. This is nowhere near yesterday's low, which is why well, I had a big day on Friday. Uh, yeah, Whoa. Huge. No, huge so, holy. I'm like, I'm thinking I got my monthly chart up here. No, it's a daily. Uh, so, I mean, if you want, you know, if you just want to shrug this off, I, I wouldn't, uh, till it took out Friday's low, uh, boom, 447.60, 12 bucks away. We'll see if you find buyers on this one. I can't really, with this kind of move and with the way the market is acting, I kind of put more emphasis on the closing price now of 466.61. Uh, that was your close on Friday. That was a high close of the move. So, to me, the resistance is early, you know, much easier to, to define uh, than the support here in Lululemon. Uh, Christian, I don't know what the heck you did to the market here, and I'm going to have to reevaluate. <laughs> First you and last on. time for a pre-market session for me. Yeah, what, now what I got you got on me? on Tuesday. For you guys that don't know, uh, uh, Christian is my Tuesday guest on the closing print every day at 3.30. So if you like his perspectives on the market now before it's open, uh, you can uh, get it again after the trading day is uh, concluded. On, uh, no, as we conclude the trading day from 3.30 to 4. So uh, 
be sure you uh, you tune into that. Uh, tomorrow, it's uh, it's T3 Tuesday, so I will be back to uh, guide you guys through the market. Uh, looking at the S&Ps, uh, just like I talked about, you know, Friday's low and Lululemon, that's what I'll be looking for in the S&Ps here. If it, you know, if the buy the dippers are going to come in here, they will defend Friday's low. That's 10 handles away at 45.62.50. Now, on the upside, now uh, you got a little resistance building here, right? You've had a, a 30 handle down move. So, what, 15, if we could get back up at the upper uh, 45.80 handle, I expect to sell uh, uh, some. Um, Find some sellers. So I'm going to wrap things up. Yep, easy, Mike. I am going to shift gears right now and go over to Premarket Prep Plus at premarketprep.com and run through some stocks. Christian, thank you so much. And uh, we'll let you get on with your busy day. And we'll be talking to you tomorrow after the close. A pleasure, Everyone, guys. Have a great trading day. Yep. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning.